T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A lot of hysteria going on. It is Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you. Wide awake. You know, that's what happens after a win. Wide awake. Good to be with you for the next two hours. Let's break it down. First hour, Kevin Hardwick, who used to host this show, will be with me in studio. Dave Leventhal joins me right after 11 o'clock from D.C. Of course, we'll be asking him all about what to expect on Wednesday when the public impeachment inquiry hearings begin. And at 11.30, well, you'll just have to stay tuned and find out. But first, newly re-elected legislator Kevin Hardwick. Kevin. Congratulations on the win. Thank you, Joe. And congratulations to you and the rest of Hokie Land for your big, uh, big, big victory yesterday. Well, you know what? I mean, again, I'm just hoping you can make it through this hour. You know, you, you look very, very tired. I know you're you're functioning on adrenaline and, and drove home last night. Uh, if not, I'm, I'm here for you, Joe. Well, looks can be deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Kevin, it was, uh, you know, uh, your regular election season. Break this one down. You did jump parties from Republican to Democrat. Did that make this election any different, working with the DNC instead of the Republicans? Uh, how did that play out oh, for oh, you? Oh, it, it made it a lot different. I mean, the dynamics. Realize, I was a Republican in that Democratic district, although when you look at the turnout in elections, especially in odd-year elections, I mean, you look at you look at Buffalo, for instance, not my district isn't into Buffalo, but they only had 20% turnout. Next year, when the president's up for election, it'll be obviously a lot greater than, than 20%. Same thing, same thing in, in all the districts, although perhaps not to that extent. Um, you know, in low turnout years, it tends to be the Democrats who stay home and the Republicans that turn out. If you look at the number of Republicans and conservatives that turn out in that district in a uh, odd year election, uh, in the ones in which the county legislature is running, you probably, you know, it's not a it's not a five thousand dollar or five thousand uh, voter overlay anymore. It's it's very even. Um, and I had as a Republican, I had the Republican base sewn up and I had a lot of crossover appeal. A lot of Democrats voted for a, a you know, centrist Republican. Uh, I gave that away when I switched parties and I knew that it wouldn't be the two to one victory that I'm, I'm used to. I knew that, well, last time I I didn't have an opponent. The Democrats didn't even run anyone against me two years ago. Uh, so I knew it would be closer. I didn't anticipate it would be as close as it was. I won by about six and a half points. I was anticipating about a 10-point victory. So it, it, it was good. And, and give credit to my opponent, uh, Jacob McMahon, uh, 23 years old, former Marine. People said, you know, 23-year-old kid. How, you know, for, first of all, 23-year-old isn't a kid, especially a former Marine isn't a kid anymore. Uh, and I had some experience back in my life. I first ran for public office, was elected when I was 18 uh, to a school board seat, 21 to a town board seat in the town of Binghamton uh, from wh- you know, where I'm from. 
so I knew that young people uh, have that energy and have that ability to attract votes. And I think he was uh, he was an excellent candidate. I think he's got a bright future in the uh, in the Republican Party. I don't know if you know this. I'm five and zero in elections. What well, you're five and zero? Oh. Uh, are, are we talking student council? Or are we yeah, what do stu- we do? Student, student council? Government. Yes. Well, you know that that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, it it is news to me, but it it doesn't surprise me, Joe. I was a senator. Um, I ran in a special election in Madi- at Madai, and then two year uh, treasurer. Also, senior year of high school, I was the treasurer. So, what was that in the Madai twenty seventh the special election? That was that okay. was uh, uh, a senator had subpar grades, so he <laughs> got kicked off. Oh, so you ran a you ran a negative campaign, did you? Well, he couldn't run, I so I didn't did, run against did, him. Did you submarine him? Did you bring that to the fact of the Senate? And I might have brought that? the relation. I ran against five people, Kevin. Yes, and I got eighty-seven percent of the vote. You are you are the man, Joe. Well, it was you know ten people showed up, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> now, obviously, working with a different party. Yes. What was it like working with Jeremy Zellner this time and Mark Polenkars well, this well, time? Well, you know, you know, Jeremy Zellner and I have a history. In 2011, he ran against me, and prior to this race, that was the uh, the closest result. Uh, I won that one by 18 points, uh, and they they I mean they threw the kitchen sink at me that year. Um, afterwards, Jeremy uh, uh, called me and uh, congratulated me, just as Jacob did the other night. And since then, Jeremy and I have had a decent relationship. I had him on this program when I hosted it several times. He's always been good about coming to my class. And I think we worked well together this year. I mean, he's been he's been extremely, extremely good to me. I have nothing but, but good to say about what he's done for me. So the Democrats were welcoming when you made the transition. Yeah, of of course they were, yes. Now, are there certain things, because, Kevin, I know you very, I know you mm-hmm. very well. I mean, we were doing this together for a while, um, and I have a lot of respect to, uh, for mm-hmm. you. Uh, you let me come on this show. You probably aren't too psyched that I still call this show Hardline. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm glad the name lives on. I, I, I'm, I'm glad it's uh, it survived. Um. But, you know, in 20, you did this in 2018. You made the move from Republican to Democrat at the end of 2018. Yeah, it was it was end of 2018. I left the caucus. I didn't actually fill out the papers until 2019, January of, of this year. Um, I had called, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before Christmas, I called Nick Langworthy uh, on a Saturday morning to let him know that I would be leaving the caucus. I wasn't sure whether I would be going independent I wasn't sure whether I'd be joining the Democrat Party. I didn't know whether I would attempt to run for re-election as a, uh, a Republican, you know, uh, away from the away from the party. Um, I didn't decide that till till January. Um, but uh, but then he, you know, the following I think it was Tuesday morning, he tweeted out that you know I was changing parties and all that, and it was game on. And I don't I don't hold that against Nick. I would have done the same thing if I were him. I should have known he would he would do that. I was hoping to keep things quiet until after Christmas, get my Christmas shopping done between Christmas and New Year's, figure out you know what my plan was, and uh, that timetable was was moved up because of that tweet. And and again, that's that's politics. And and Nick uh, Nick was always there for me when I was a Republican, and uh, I have fond memories of those times. Now I have to ask you because you know in 2019, Democrat Republican, there seems to be a divide that 
hasn't been there in my lifetime. All right. I mean, I used to say the Democrats and Republicans are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like that divide is more and more. Well, well are, are there things you still find you relate more on policy with Republicans than Democrats? A- a- absolutely. But that was the same way when I was a Republican. You know, I I I talked to my class and I talked to them about uh, the two party system. And one of the problems with the two party systems is you cannot get a tailored fit. You know, you can't say, hey, that's my party. You look at the two party platforms and you say, I'm for some things over here and some things over there. Um, You know, it's it's like two. I've used the analogy of clothes. If you only had two sizes of clothes. Uh, you know, large and small. What would a medium do, right? And I'm I'm a medium. I I also I also talk about the two popes because Canisius is a Jesuit college. And I said, you know, if 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 Pope Benedict, who's retired, and Pope Francis, who's still the active pope, came over here and became citizens, I'm sure Benedict would be a Republican and Francis would be a Democrat, even though they agree on everything. I mean, they are both. I mean, it, it, I guess it raises a question: Are are the popes? Catholic. Uh, and of course they are. But Benedict would come down on the be a Republican because of things like abortion. He's pro-life, as is Francis. But Francis would would, you know, uh, say, you know, the Democrat Party is more for social justice. And I'm for that, even though uh, Benedict is also for social justice. It's just they prioritize those issues differently. And that's that's the way it is in a two party system. That's one of the problems. So if you don't mind me asking, and yeah. obviously you don't have to answer this question. What was the one thing, if you can pinpoint mm-hmm. it, that made you want to make that jump from it was, a Republican well, to a Democrat? Well, look, it, 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 it was local. Obviously, I wasn't happy with things that were going on on the national level. I thought that the... Uh, uh, Republican Party had moved way too far away from from the middle where I was. Uh, I mean, if I had stayed in the Republican Party, I probably would have been undergone the sort of campaign that Chris Jacobs is now going under. You know, everybody's calling him a rhino, and you had that pack come in and run run ads on this station, right? A lot of ads, and and just say terrible, and he's not a real Republican. Well, you know, it, that would have been me because I I, I would have been called a rhino. Because the party had moved away from where I was. I used to be mainstream Republican and the party moved away from me. But that wasn't the one thing. I mean, that 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 kind of was a necessary but not a sufficient uh, reason for my jump. Uh, it was the stuff that happened last year in the budget deal and the fact that uh, we weren't going to be able to put that caucus back together. So that's what moved me away from the caucus. Now, initially, I said I'm going to move away from the caucus and I had made up my mind what I'm going to do. Well, you know, the reaction to that and the piling on, you know, said, you know, I'm I'm going. I'm kind going, of, I, I, I'm I'm going all the way. Now, now let me because you said that the national Republicans you think are moving away from the center. Yeah, but you could make that argument for the national Democrats. You you certainly can. But here's I the, think that's here's, go ahead. No, that I'm sorry. I asked you the question. I, I I think that's as you said. One of the things about the two party system is I do think both parties are moving more away from the center, especially. Uh, Democrats, when it comes to illegals, which I know we'll get into, um, I think they're moving more far to the left. But I'd like to see from I, your perspective. I 
you, you know, I agree. The elements of the Democratic Party are moving further and further left, and, and they're taking a lot of the Democrat voters with them. There's no question about your, your AOC and, and you know, your, your Elizabeth Warren, your Bernie Sanders, no question about it. But, you know, within the Democratic Party now, you have your, your liberal wing, you have your, your, your Bernies and your Elizabeth Warrens, but you also have your Bidens and your Buttigiegs and your Amy Klobuchar's, which is where closer to where I am. And and you can exist in the same party. You know, the people who are backing Joe Biden can can sit down and have a civil conversation with the people who are backing Elizabeth Warren. And, and there won't be the name calling and the lack of respect that you find in the Republican Party. Now, if you're if you're a Republican and you don't and you're not in lockstep with uh, with Donald Trump, uh, you're going to get the treatment that was just given to Chris Jacobs. See, I don't think that's true. I, oh, well, I'm, did now, you hear I'm, those ads? Now, did yes, you hear those ads I, I they played on your now, station? Now, I'm I I'm not a politician. Obviously, I I do a talk show. Well, you said uh, you won five elections. I did win five elections. You're right. However, so you are a politician. I I go after the president. Uh, I I think that his tweeting is uh, is unnecessary. I think some of his comments are unnecessary. But when you look at his policy. He's actually doing what he ran on. But I don't want to get into that right now, Kevin. I I want to go back to something you said. I'm very fascinated. You said um, that the Elizabeth Warren supporters could sit down with Joe Biden. But do you think an Elizabeth Warren, and I wanted to get national next half hour, but you brought it up, so obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Don't you think Elizabeth Warren, if she won the Democratic Party nomination— she would not be able to get those moderate Democrats that voted for Trump in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio. I, I, I think I, Elizabeth Warren would hand Donald Trump a, a second I, term. I absolutely agree with you. I do agree with you. We are we are in total agreement there. But what I'm what I'm saying is the the uh, conservative Democrats would not be you know heaping the insults on the folks that are backing. Uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or whomever from that that wing, the way that you get that in the Republican Party now. I mean, there's there's a lot more civility uh, in the Democratic ranks but right what now. What do you say of? I mean, there are some people on, on both sides, uh, mm-hmm. Kevin. It's not. I'm not going to say it's just Democrats, just Republicans. But if you look on social media, especially some of the hits uh, hosts on this state on this station take from people on the Democrat side. I would say their their rhetoric is a lot more hateful than anything I've seen from an elected Republican. I, I I'm sorry. I was I, I I you're the one without the sleep. I wasn't listening, Joe. What what, what was the question? I, I would say on, which goes back to a lot of the time. By the way, when when you were on the other side of the glass, I wouldn't listen to anything you told me then. Anyway, <laughs> nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Um, I would say uh, that if you look at some of the attacks host on this station mm-hmm. get from people that identify on left of center, I would say some of their rhetoric is a lot more hateful than anything I've seen a Republican politician put on Twitter. Would you would you agree or would you tend I, to disagree? I'll, I'll tell you, there's there's enough uh, hate filled tweets to go around. Uh, and and you know I mean the, the the social media is just such a such a wasteland now I, I just hate it. Um, I think though that you don't find the uh, the elected leaders of uh, for the most part of the Democratic Party going after their own going after anybody who disagrees with them with the sort of childish insults that you see on the Republican side. 
I'm going to let that sit till next segment, but I want mm-hmm. to ask you, because we're going to take this right to 25, Corey, uh, and just blow up the clock. I don't know if you've been listening. I do that a lot now. Um, yeah, I know. I was always told not to do that, that that was, uh, <laughs> that was verboten, but, uh, you know. Um, now, let me ask you, uh, NY27, obviously yes. a lot of attention. Just generally, where do you see this going? Obviously, there will be a special well, election, and then I'll ask you a follow-up. Well, well, here's the thing. My, my thoughts on NY27, number one, there should be an election sooner than April. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. The governor should call one right away. If he waits till April, he's doing it for political reasons, which you know it will benefit the, the Democrats. And although I'm a Democrat now— I think uh, I think my my sentiments towards my my new party are trumped, if you will, by uh, by my my conviction that people ought to be represented in in Congress, in the House of Representatives. And the people in the 27th district haven't been represented since Chris Collins resigned. And to make them wait till April is just it's it's just wrong. Uh, having said that, if if the election is in April, uh, that will give uh, a leg up to the uh, Republican. Uh, I'm sorry, to the Democrat candidate. Um, I don't know if it will be enough of a leg up to uh, to uh, overcome the enrollment advantage and the conservative nature of that district, but it certainly will will benefit them. All things considered. Now, whoever runs for that uh, is going to get the uh, on the Republican side is going to have the eight county chairs, you know, uh, ordain them as the as the candidate. Then they'll they'll run that in late April and then they'll have to turn right around and they'll have a primary in June. That's going to be a crazy, crazy year. To me, it seems like a waste of time and money if you are going to wait until late April. Really, you're just getting elected to start campaigning again. Yeah. I mean. Say it go- campaigning and- as the incumbent, however, I mean there is an advantage. Well, if I were if I were in that mix, I would want to uh, uh, to 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 get the eight chairs to 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 make me the nominee in the special election. Obviously, however, say Nate McMurray wins because yes. it is going with the Democratic mm-hmm. primaries. Nate McMurray wins. He would obviously be the underdog going into the November election, even as the incumbent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would really just be a congressman for, what, four or five months? Yeah. It's kind of a resume builder. And uh, we could lose this seat in, what, four years with the new census? Well, yeah, I mean, someone will represent those people in two years. There will be a redistricting. It will probably be gerrymandered. I think what people don't realize is the current nature of that seat. That seat was not gerrymandered. People say, well, it was, you know, the congressional seats in New York were gerrymandered. No. A, a, a federal judge drew those because the assembly, the assembly which was dominated by Democrats, uh, and the uh, Republican-controlled Senate back in 2011 uh, or 2012 couldn't agree on how to draw those districts, so a federal judge stepped in. Kevin, so much more I want to get into with you. We have to take a break. News with Alan Harris. On the backside of that break, another half hour with Kevin Hardwick. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. I have more after. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Do this. Yes. I do. Welcome back. Hardline Game Day Sunday here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We're hitting local, we're hitting national, and at the end of the show, a big question mark. Stay tuned. Kevin Hardwick is with us for the last half hour. Kevin, before we get back to politics, what do you think of these Buffalo Bills? Well, you know, it's uh, it's uh, I'm I'm right now I'm more worried about the Sabers, but uh, but the Buffalo Bills have been been fantastic. I mean, I I moved here in from my hometown of Binghamton in 1989. That was the season that ended in Cleveland. Cleveland, we're playing Cleveland today with the Ronnie Harmon drop in the end zone. Every year thereafter, you know, next four years, it was like Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And it was like, this is great. This happens all the time in Buffalo, right? Well, obviously not not the case. I feel bad for my two youngest kids. Uh, I mean, they really haven't seen much in terms of the Bills and the, the glory years. And now they're... Uh, you know, now they're beginning to see what uh, what we all saw back in the uh, back in the '90s. Yeah, I mean, I was at the last home playoff game the Bills played in '96. I was eight. There you go. It was the and, same year as and the it Olympics. Was a great a- atmosphere. What was the weather like that day? Cold. Yeah, but you I'll know what? You didn't care. And and you had people paying hundreds of dollars. You yeah. know, between the parking and 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 the beverages and and the the tickets to be there and i remember they were these guys uh my parents used to tailgate at twin oaks and walking down to the stadium there was a lot from twin oaks to the stadium i can't remember which one and there was a hot tub every sunday (laughs) a hot tub set up and i I miss the good days you know but like you said they're coming back six and two I don't care what you say about their schedule. And, you have to win games. And and yeah, yeah. And 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 the best part of it is you, you got the feeling that the best is part best is going to come. I mean, I think they finally got a front office that knows what they're doing. They they can pick talent and they're going to have all the cap room next year. They're they're going to be fantastic. All right. Now back to politics. Uh, as you know, a hot button issue Friday, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey Kearns got his case on the green light lawsuit, the Greenlight Bill lawsuit dismissed. Um, where do you stand as a now Democrat? But like you said, you you, you have, you know, nothing's a great yeah, well, fit. Well, here's, yeah, here's here's the thing. I mean, that became an issue in my campaign. My, my opponent or the people behind my opponent, the people who really wanted to make me pay, you know, wanted to make an example of me for leaving the Republican Party, Put together this claim that I was a pro illegal immigrant and that I was for the green light law and all that, and that's simply not the not the case. I I voted for a resolution opposing the green light law. I voted for that same resolution, which uh, uh, said we should we should uh, uh, fund the case against the one that was just decided in federal district court that we should you know. So I approved the uh, the lawsuit. Uh, opposing the green light law, what I what I did vote to do is send back to a committee an earlier version of that resolution, which was 
drafted by the Republicans, which would have denied licenses to, quote, unquote, anyone but U.S. citizens. Now, that would have denied legal immigrants the right to get a license. I I thought we were for legal immigration and allowing people with green cards to get licenses. That's what I voted for. And obviously, you know, in a campaign where you have half-truths and lies and the like— it, it suddenly became I was uh, I was pro illegal immigrant and that was just not the case because I voted against the green light law I voted to fund the lawsuit against it and the, what I didn't fund or what I didn't vote for what I voted against was the one that lumped all immigrants in the you know in the same group and and I said no because we want legal immigrants to have the right to get a license and I, and I agree with you I'm all for people who do it but the legal but, way but, but, but you know that's that's what campaigns are. I, I thought, you know, f- you look at the county executive campaign, and there were charges going back and forth, and some of those negative ads, they, they were just sickening. Because on both sides, you know, there were, there were half-truths there were half and lies. I thought one of the nicest segments I saw was uh, I, I flip around different channels, and I watched Channel 2. Michael Wooten did a truth test on the last two ads, one from uh, Poland Cars and one from uh, Lynn Dixon, and found that they both, you know, played fast and loose with the with the truth and he pointed out the truths and you know you see that and then then you look at the ad again and you say aha you know and problem is that's what happens in all campaigns where did this all begin kevin because for me it seems like it just started in 2016 with the election of donald trump that there is this push to just let people who illegally cross the border to just have the same rights as American citizens in legal immigration. Am I wrong? Has this been going on for no, a while? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, you are wrong. And in fact, I'm-, I'm I glad. hear that a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, in fact, let me let me say that around, uh, uh, again. Joe, you're wrong. Joe, you're wrong. Joe, you're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. No, uh, people, uh, people older than you will remember a time when Elliot Spitzer was governor um, and I remember that too. Well, and do you remember that? Do you? Re- we all remember how it ended. But do you remember when Elliot Spitzer was governor? He had a proposal to give undocumented individuals licenses. Do you remember that? I and, do not. Oh, he he did, and it, it and it failed. It failed miserably. It didn't even you know it didn't it, it didn't get very far at all because there was this outrage, the same sort of thing that we're seeing now. Yeah, and he abandoned it, um, and it was revived this. You know, this last session and created the same sort of uh, uproar. But there's less of an outrage now and and more people supporting it, especially people that that identify themselves as Democrats. And I have to ask you the obvious question. Well, well, look, even people who identify themselves again, I voted against this. Right. But again, I can understand the arguments on both sides before it passed the state assembly and Senate. The State Business Council, a very Republican group, a group of businesses, came out for it. Okay, now that should that should give you pause. Uh, there are there are reasons that you know do make sense uh, for granting undocumented individuals licenses, and but, and the Business Council saw that a very Republican group. For, Again, I don't I don't buy right. totally into those. I'm just saying they're out there if you look. And when one of the biggest reasons is look. If uh, and, and you find this in states that have granted undocumented individuals licenses, that uh, if people don't have licenses, they still drive, they don't have insurance. And, you know, you get broadsided by someone uh, without insurance, 
they run away. Uh, and, uh, you know, the hit and run and, and, and the people left without any compensation for their injuries. Um, that's a that's a that's a real problem. But, but Kevin, and that's that's what that's that's what people who uh, favor the legislation, the green light legislation, cite as one reason for that they do it. Again, I didn't. I, I voted. I voted for the resolution opposing it, but I can see their point, and I think I think you know if you want to be uh, rational about this and you want to you know exercise our critical thinking skills, which is something we promote in college now, you ought to be able to look at both sides of the issue. You know, and that's what I like about you is you can see every side when it comes to politics. You, 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 you know, the reason, one, one of the biggest reasons I oppose the green light law is I think it lets the federal government off the hook. We have to have immigration reform. We have to have, you know, it has to be a combination of the border security, the wall or whatever, and and reform of, of, of the immigration system. But doing Cause, that. Because we're, we're, we're going nowhere in this country and it's it's hurting us all. But doing but letting illegal immigrants, people who broke the law, is not the way to do it. And I just find it, and this is me personally, mm-hmm. I find it amazing that the state that 9-11 happened in is going is a illegal immigrant friendly state. Now I know those people didn't come here illegally, but still yeah, I, I, the state I, I, I where 9-11 happened, they have no problem with people who have no papers, no documentation at all. They're fine letting them live in this state. That was once the Empire State. That's a little commentary. The, the, the uh, state previously known as the Empire State. Yes, Joe. All right. Now, Kevin, on a national uh, level, I know you watch this just like we here at the station. The impeachment inquiry, which yeah. we will get a live update from Dave Leventhal in D.C. next hour. Where do you see this going? I don't remember. I'm a little, I'm a little on the younger side. I don't remember the public Clinton impeachment hearings, but I did a, a, a segment on it Friday and MSNBC and Fox News broke their records for viewership during the impeachment hearings. What are what should we be looking for starting Wednesday? Well, I I, I, I think we should be looking for the moments. Uh, you know, there's a moment in each one of these that's going to you know people aren't most people aren't going to sit around and watch gavel to gavel coverage of these proceedings. But there's going to be a moment or two when someone says something jaw dropping. And that's going to be, you know, that's that's going to uh, impact public opinion. So I think we should look for that. You know, the as I recall, the uh, Clinton impeachment hearings were only on cable. I don't remember them being on the broadcast networks. I do remember the uh, the uh, I'm old enough to remember the uh, the uh, Nixon Watergate hearings, um, the Senate Select Committee Watergate hearings in the summer of 73. I mean, gavel to gavel coverage, all three networks at the time. It was it was just 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 fascinating for me growing up. I mean, I was, uh, you know, between my junior and senior or no, I was between my sophomore and junior years in uh, high school. I just found it fascinating. And I think it made stars of a lot of people. It made stars of a lot of senators and a lot of news people. I mean, that's where Sam Donaldson became Sam Donaldson. That, that's a name you probably don't remember. I remember but, Sam okay. Donaldson and the guy that they— uh... so, so anyway, I think, you, I think you look for those moments. I mean, if you're looking for my prediction, if you want me to put on my analyst well, that hat, was my next question. Sure. Well, I, I anticipated that, Joe, because we work so well together. And we talked about it off the air. And we—well, that too. <laughs> I, I, I would suspect—I I think impeachment is as close to a done deal as, uh, as, as it can get. I think he will be impeached by the House of Representatives. 
Um, now, realize I'm the one that said, along with everybody else, that there was no way that Trump would be elected. I mean, everybody was predicting Hillary. So take that for what it's worth. But I, as things stand now, I don't think he'll be convicted in the trial in the Senate. I think he'll run for reelection. I think it's possible, um, maybe even likely, that he will be reelected once impeached, which would be a real feat it, once you think about it. I mean, he could be impeached. Uh, not removed from office, and then still win re-election but next year. I mean, impeached on party lines. Yeah, well, certainly, certainly. That's, I mean, and if yeah. you, don't you think it hurts the Democrats' case that a lot of those senators, Adam Schiff, Maxine mm-hmm. Waters, they were talking about impeachment on November 9th, 2016. I, I, I mean, they've been looking to impeach this man before he was inaugurated. There, there's, there, there's no question about it. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't help when you've been looking to do it all along. However, uh, I think you have to stand back, look at the merits of the arguments that are being made uh, for this particular round of impeachment. And I think that, uh, that, that you know, you, you, you might ask yourself, the question, well, why don't some Republicans vote for it if it is clear that there was this quid pro quo? And I think that some of the testimony that becomes public this week uh, may indicate that, yeah, it, it, it was. It may be compelling. But so far you have two Democrats that actually voted against the inquiry. No Republicans have voted yeah. for it. And, and uh, realize everybody is everybody is trying to protect their own political hide. They are, they are, you know, they're looking at the constituents back home, and they're they're taking the uh, the temperature back then. Should I vote for impeachment? Shouldn't I vote for it? And you know, they're doing what they need to survive themselves, which is not really what the framers had intended, of course. Do you, on either side, do you think Democrats could commit political suicide if this goes wrong, like the Russia investigation? Certainly, certainly. I think, I think, you know. There are a whole range of possibilities, and yeah, this could, this could backfire big time on them. On the other hand, it could it could uh, you know the defense of the, the the president if things fall apart could backfire big time on the Republicans. I mean, now, there's a wide range of possibilities. Now you're in- and, and, and and you know it's just like the Bills game today. Tell me, <laughs> tell me who's going to win? You know, now we, we don't know. That's why we watch. You're obviously not a supporter of the president. Do you think even if he's convicted in this impeachment that that would chip away at his support. I mean, he has I'm one sorry, of the yeah, most... Yeah, you're saying he's convicted? Say he is. But, and it removed from office? No, no, just no, no, impeached. Well, well, well convicted. Impeached, I, impeached is like an indictment. It just, it's formal charges. That's what the House Kevin, of Representatives I, I don't have a law degree. I, I don't either. <laughs> but conviction would be by the Senate. Okay. Say he's if impeached. It, yes. Do you think, no matter what comes out in this impeachment hearing, that his support, we were talking about this off the air, this is one of the strongest gr- support groups I have seen for a president in some time. And, and I would agree with you there. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think getting back to your first question, which you, you didn't realize that you were asking it, if he is convicted by the Senate, well, well, that, will, that will have, and that would remove him, that would indicate that the enough Republicans felt um, comfortable going away from the president and convicting him, that would indicate that his support has has bottomed out, and and then he well, would have no chance of getting reelected. It would be a moot point. If it he, would, if well, he's well con- it wouldn't be a moot point. He could still run. He could be removed. He could be removed and run again. And, and he could sure he could sure he could. Yeah, there, in twenty twenty. Yeah, this is not a criminal charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did not know that. Yeah, he could. He could be convicted, removed from office. Uh, Pence would uh, take over as vice president, would become president, uh, but Donald Trump could still run. Sure, he could. It's like remember the remember the uh, 
the mayor of uh, Washington, what was his name? Marion Barry, was it? Yes. Remember, he he got convicted of something. It had to do with drugs, and then he got removed. But then he came back uh, next election, or maybe it was two elections later, and got re- you know, he got elected. That was referenced in the Good Charlotte song, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Well, you've got me there, Joe. I, uh, I have no response for that. All right. Now, last question on the national level. Um, if you look at the candidates running for president on the Democrat side, yeah, do you think the Democrats are fearing that any one of those candidates could hand Trump a second term? Certainly. I think, I think if you know the, the Democratic Party goes too far left, uh, if you go with an Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, um, you know, you're, you're playing with fire there. I mean, you're telling, you're telling members of unions who have excellent health insurance. I mean, those, those GM people, uh, the GM workers, the UAW uh, folks who I spent a couple days out there on the picket lines with recently. You know, one of the things that they were out there for. Uh, was health insurance. So they worked hard for that. And now if, you know, Elizabeth Warren or whomever comes and says, okay, you're going to have to give that health insurance up, I think that's going to turn, you know, reliable Democrats into Republicans. And I think that's that's not just them. That's a lot of people. I have, I have good health insurance. I don't look forward to, you know, giving that up. I think all Americans should be covered. Uh, that's why I'm, you know, I think I gravitate towards a guy like uh, Pete Buttigieg who says, you know, Medicare for anyone who wants it as opposed to for all. Now, you don't have to answer this question. Obviously, it's a well, personal question. But is there a candidate on the Democrat stage right now, if they won the primary, would force your vote for Donald Trump? I, I don't know that it would. I mean, Hillary Clinton last time was the Democrat candidate. Donald Trump was a Republican. I I parked my vote with Evan McMullen, a Republican from uh, from Utah who was running as kind of a protest candidate there. You know, a, a real conservative, old time Republican. So I mean, I, I I don't think you know I don't know. I mean, I'll, that, that's a hypothetical, but I think I I might park my vote again. Well, it's still twenty nineteen, and, and, and you know what, Joe, you and I both know. Your vote, my vote really don't make a difference because we're in New York and we know New York's going to go for the Democrat candidate regardless. I have to say, though, and again, this is commentary, I had never been more excited to vote in a presidential election than I was in 2016. And I hope I still have that excitement well, in 2020. Well, let me ask you this. How many, how many presidential elections have you voted in? Well, that would have been the third. Okay. Because well, 2008, yes. when I was first legally mm-hmm. able to vote. 2012. 2012. And, and believe it or not, 2008, 2012, I voted for the same person. 2008, I wrote in Mitt Romney. 2012, I voted for Mitt Romney. I regret that decision now in 2019, uh, and then 2016, uh, President Donald Trump, and I went to his inauguration. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and spending a whole hour. We could have done two. We could have easily done two, and, and maybe you'll invite me back. You are always invited. All right. You know that. And, uh, well, then, then I we'll say, be here. I want to say this on the air because I said it off the air, but I thank you for all the times you let my dumb comments on when you were hosting this show. Uh, obviously, the airtime you allowed me has helped me, uh, along with Sandy, along with Tom, move to actually be able to sit in this chair a few days a week. So thank you. Joe, you know, you know you. I'm your biggest fan. Well, Kevin, I appreciate that. You also doubted that I could do a show this tired. 
I I did. We talked beforehand. You know, one hour sleep. You know, and you were you were pumped, and the, the adrenaline from yesterday's big hokey win, and uh, you know, and your voice was a little bit raspy too when we talked earlier. I don't know what you did to it, but it sounds fine now. There is just like the adrenaline I get after a Virginia Tech win when I am behind this mic. It's like I got nine hours of sleep. Hey, when we come back, Dave Leventhal will give us the landscape from Washington, D.C. We'll get into 2020. We'll get into the inquiry going public on Wednesday. And at 1130, wait and see. It's Hardline. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.